The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to the Thursday Fantasy Base Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. You may recognize a couple familiar faces. Neither of us are James Anderson. James uh, taking the day off. He uh, spoke with you folks yesterday with Tim McLeod. Um, James doesn't understand, like a lot of us, what a week off means. Apparently, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but that's all good. It gives we uh, gives a couple of us a chance to come out of our football caves and more so you than me and talk about a little bit of baseball. You are you are aware that there have been some moves in baseball lately, right? Yes, I am. None, <laughs> none by my own team, but uh, yeah. that, that that's par for the course, unfortunately, there. So, uh, you know what? Um, it has been fun. It's been fun seeing these big contracts, these long contracts. There's a pretty good – I'm in a score sheet mock uh, draft, and one of the discussions is on these long contracts and how they might be like a way to kind of get around the average annual value, kind of lengthen the contract to, to lessen the hit on the, the luxury tax. Good. I'm glad they're being in their finding ways. I, I saw like a headline, I think by a writer in the athletic, like, how do we close this loophole? No, don't close the loophole. I like spending. This is good. Ah, why, why are we always looking and trying to like, Oh, we got to, got to protect Pittsburgh. No, stop. They're just profit taking. No, exactly. Exactly. The, any of these teams could, they could lock up the younger players for, you know, for the extended contracts when they're still in the arbitration stage, et cetera. The, it, to me, it's, it's not about what are the big teams spending. It's what aren't the, uh, what aren't the other teams spending. And mm-hmm. I think over time it, it will normalize, but it, right now, yeah, these, uh, who, I forget who Twitter discussion with oh, Zach Steinhorn, our friend Zach, um, you know, was saying this is the norm. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure this is the norm, but I, I, you know, it may just be a special class, but then I was reminded there have been, you know, Mookie bets. There have been some, extended contracts previous to this year so maybe this is now the norm and you're t- you're right about the aav on the salary cap etc i saw uh, uh there are now 10 yeah 10 contracts of 10 or years or more um yeah and good you know i i don't view this as a problem i view it as a creative way to uh yes absolutely. Uh, try to lock up your players and, and go get them and yeah you want your teams to be competitive i mean good for the phillies good for the padres Good for the Giants. I mean, Giants are not a small market, never have been. But you, you get my point. It's like good yeah. that they're they're throwing in here. These are billionaires choosing to spend their money. Good, right? And with the DH, the end of the contracts might not be so bad as they would have been 
a few years ago without the universal DH. These guys can still contribute in the back end of the contracts, but uh, exactly. You know, I just, I mean, I, I say this tongue in cheek, I plan on being here, but we're at the point where I got to wonder if I'm going to be around for the end of these contracts. Yeah. We're, that, yeah. There's a whole fill in the blank. <laughs> okay. I will be X number of years old when Carlos yeah. Correa's contract is up. Yeah. Um, 13, yeah I was thinking where I was 13 years ago. I was still in biotech with hopes and dreams. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I was, see, I was in my thirties then, um, 38. Yeah. yeah. I was doing the rotowire thing, I guess. So yeah, I was take, taking care of not so much toddlers, but yeah, not, not well, these toddlers for not sure. These fledgling I, adults that you have in your house now. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I we got our first college acceptances this week, so another milestone hit as absolutely, far as the aging excellent. curve goes. Excellent! Oh, that's so cool. That must yeah. be an, a, you know among the very many proud father moments. Oh yeah, it's yeah. totally cool. Um, I totally live vicariously through Allie on this one here. Every time she gets one of these. It's, it's it's pretty darn cool. Not going to lie. Excellent. No, that that's great. All right. So baseball. It's, uh, I don't know. I mean, we don't we need to go through moves, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in general, you know, you, you're about to do your first draft tonight. You're going to do it somewhat blind, I, I assume, right? Yeah, I am. Um, so, I, you know, we've been working at you. You know about how the pro- the projection process was different this year for us. So usually I go do the three-year weighted averages as a starting point. And, and, you know, I do everything by hand, player by player. Instead, this year we kind of had Herb run the numbers, start with the three-year weighted average, then I adjust playing time, adjust for other things. Well, guess what? I'm still adjusting. I'm still doing a lot of adjustments every single day. And it's n- I don't feel like it's an, a finished product yet. And I also, because of that, because I'm, I haven't gone through every single player painstakingly yet, I don't have strong opinions on a lot of players. I don't have strong opinions on where these pockets are yet. I have a feeling like third base and second base are pretty weak. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm not super strident about everything. So we have a way more players projected than we usually, than we used to. We also had it done a lot earlier, but the trade-off is I don't have that individual feel for every single player yet. But you will. I mean, you will. Yeah. yeah and I've done one draft. I've done XFL with you. Right. Right. But that's not a, but that's a keeper league slash dynasty league auction. This is different. Doing the gladiator tonight, you know, which is a great contest. Love the idea. Uh, I know you're not, that's not your cup of tea, but I love that they came up with the idea. Let's put it that way. Well, I do too. Uh, um, and I love the enthusiasm in the NFBC community for it, the baseball Twitter community for it. For people that are unfamiliar, so it's it, with our friends from the NFBC, uh, playnfbc.com if you want to go check that out. But it's called the Gladiator, $50 entry fee. Uh, you draft 23 players, fill a roster. You have to fill every spot, period. There's no free agents. There's no bench. It's, it's So it's best ball on steroids, basically. Uh, and you have to decide, what do you want to prioritize? Uh, do you want to prioritize playing time? Do you want to, at bats, do you want to prioritize, um, you know, pitching? Or do you want to make sure you get your closers? And I have to figure that part out still. There's still a couple, at, 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 at the point of this recording, this is, there's still some spots open. I see t- uh, 10 out of 15 teams filled so far. So it's uh, at 1030 Eastern tonight. Um, and I'm hopefully by the time you listen to this, it'll be full, but maybe not. Jump in. Uh, but I love the idea. It's, it, it's a, you do your, you, you draft your 23 players, you're done. No, I love the idea. I love the idea too, but as you kind of allude to, um, 
I made a joke on Twitter, you know, we spend all summer complaining about injuries and yet we're, you know, going head over heels for these drafts in December where you can't replace injuries. Any draft that is this part, right. I mean, they're, they're going to sell Greg and Tom and Derek, they're going to sell this thing out in December, which is just silly. Yeah. Well, you, you know? notice now, if you go to the sign up, it's called the gladiator one. So oh, I think that gives you a hint of what's going to oh, happen here. Okay. Right. It was World War One until there was a second World War. Well, it's like underdog with their best ball drafts. So yeah, puppy exactly. one, puppy two, all right, that. Yeah. You know, electric boogaloo, all that good stuff. There we go. Now, I just, I mean, I, you know, I like the format, but I think it's, I think it is. It's more that I like the best ball more. And I, you know, if I have limited limited uh, funds to invest in the NFC, they're going to get my money. It's yes. Just, they're gonna. It's gonna get. I. I prefer the best ball. The strategy involved and only fifty dollars. Well, I can join one of the fifty dollar twelve team leagues that has an overall, or spread it amongst a few different best balls. So this, Greg, Tom, Derek, you're getting my money. It's just. Yep. It just won't be. At least this year won't be. Won't be in the gladiator. It's just. You know, I. I know there's an overall, but you know I don't bring luck skill. I don't want to you know, go down that road. But you're. It's just. It's going to be a contest of attrition. Yeah, and, it is. It is. So and is the so is the draft championship. Mm-hmm. You know. Which, by the way, I, is in my best format. Um, I did win an NFPC fifty last year, mm-hmm. which is like a mini draft champions. Uh, right. They're twelve teamers, not fifteen teamers. Um, I also finished dead last in one too. So <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it run, you know usually it runs the game in an injury luck there, especially with the I just could not I couldn't find nine healthy pitchers at one point in that right. one, that one team that finished rock bottom. So it happens, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's a fun format. And one thing is, it battle tests my projections, battle tests my rankings, and with my ever evolving rankings at that. Right now, you were you had uh, you you went home on the Sunday of the first pitch Arizona, so you didn't get to catch the panel that we did about changes based upon the MLB rules, the uh, storm. Yeah, cases. I wanted to see that too. Um, I had to miss a lot this year. Um, because I left Saturday night. I missed the right. home run derby. I missed the fall stars game. I right. had to miss a couple of panels just during on uh, that Saturday. I just had football work to do. Um, yeah, but so it goes, but yeah, tell me more about that panel. Well, I was going to, I mean, we, we just, we basically discussed, uh, let's see, it was, uh, Derek Hardy, you know, Saris and Jason Collette. We talked about, we each took a, a different, uh, rule change and we discussed how we think it's going to affect projections, rankings, et cetera, mm-hmm. for the upcoming season is something that we can do. You know, you, you, you go through your players individually. I use a spreadsheet, but I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to spend the next half hour waxing poetic on all the changes I made mathematically to the projections. I didn't make many. Okay. Um, I did some numbers and um, are there players that will steal more? Probably. Right. I mean, but what we decided, decided, I don't know what we talked about was let's, let's put the, there's going to be more steals, but where are they going to be distributed? We all kind of agreed. There's going to be three groups. There's going to be the group that, is just going to run no matter what. They, they don't need the extra help. They don't need the extra four and a half inches. We'll call them the John Birdies. Mm-hmm. Then there's the group on the other end, which uh, it doesn't matter how far close to bases are. They're just not running. We'll call those the Zolas. <laughs> so, in, so in between, there's this bubble of, 
you know, they can be helped. So now you may have a bubble that's this big. I may have a bubble that's, you know, we, we, it's, it's the size of that bubble that I think is going to be different amongst projectors and amongst drafters. And, uh, you know, in, in your gladiator, you're going to have to, you know, make the decision. I need steals. It's a category. You know, do I get a, you know, do I, this is a, this is a format. You may want to get a speedster. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. more more so than in a other in other draft. But I think you know that's that's sort of you know have, when you you've done your tweaks, are you are you thinking about individually about jumping? You know, this guy's got fifteen. He he's on a team that runs. I'm going to give him eighteen. Or are you going to like what like wait to see how things flesh out? Right. So I I th- I have one opinion, and that is that I I think it, the bigger deal is not the this the bigger bases. I think the bigger deal is the limitation on the number of throws to first base. Yep. I think that's the one that's going to really enhance the number of stolen bases. I mean, you get your two throws, then you have the third where it's, if you do a third, you better get them. Otherwise it's an automatic, you, you have lost, he, he gets a steal or he gets to move a base. Are they calling that a stolen base, by the way? They're calling it a Bach. They're calling it a Bach. Darn it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, we were, we were talking now. I mean, if, if the, you know, yeah, no, they're calling it a buy. I mean, if he throws over and you, and he, you, you run, then then it's obviously a steal. You know, I mean, it's only going to happen. I don't know, maybe ten times, but it's going to be so cool when it does. Where we're up to two throws, mm-hmm. and that runner is edging out and getting the biggest lead possible. Yeah, and and now it's, do I have a better chance of picking him off, or does my catcher have a better chance of throwing him out? You're going to see more pitch outs now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I do agree, and I think the, the whole, uh, thirty, well, whatever, whatever the time might be, pitch clock, feeds into the stolen base, as well. There's, there's just less time to prepare and get ready and take a breath and, and all that sort of stuff. So there's several reasons why running, will, will increase. Yeah, and I just. I think we have. I think this is going to be a team wide. It's not just a player. I think a 15 stolen base guy with a 75 percent rate. It depends on what team he's on, as well. Yeah. So last year there were six guys that had 30 or more stolen bases. How many do we have this year? Yeah, this is a popular because there's some people that are you know going up to 50. Maybe you will. Um, I think we got it. I mean, to say double digits is pretty 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 straightforward. Um, I think we, if if the over or under is like seventeen, I would have to think about it. I, I'm not without checking my numbers, my own numbers. You know, thirty thirty steals is still still a bit, and um, I get I, I I don't think twenty is unreasonable. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting because I think it's you know it's going to help players disproportionately, much like course field doesn't make a bad hitter good, but it makes a good hitter great. You know, right. that that's right. the thing. This this rule isn't going to make Albert Pujols any faster. Right, it's not going to, he's not you know, but it's really going to help Trey Turner, who was twenty seven for thirty last year. He's really going to benefit from that. Uh, and, and you get the point. Like it, right. it's not going to make your five stolen base guy a fifteen stolen base guy, but it might make a twenty five stolen base guy a thirty five one. You know, I think. Right. I'm well, guessing. yeah, or fifteen or twenty five. Mm-hmm. That I think that's kind of in that range. It depends on where you get your 15 stolen bases. Are you, uh, you know, picking and choosing? Are you like Aaron Judge? It's just one of those years where, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've noticed anecdotally where when when things are going right, you're also running. Yeah, because sure. it's just it's a mindset. Yeah, yeah. 
and you're on base more, you know, right. you're feeling good, you're healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a certain few players, Paul Goldschmidt used to be that way, where he would run even more in the years that he was hitting better, but mm-hmm. back in the day, if you will. But um, yeah, so I think I think the whole stolen base thing is is going to be interesting. I think this is one where people are going to have to just um, kind of inject their own feelings. Now, the major repercussion of this panel was, and our friend Jeff Zimmerman kind of pushed it, has been pushing it, is, you know, you know, Jeff to the projectors is, you know what, I don't care what you're doing. Just tell me what you're doing. So I know what you're doing. And I can adjust. Yeah. And I, I, I like that because that was my uh, that was my feeling as well. You know, we are paid to give our opinions. Yeah. So we, we if we feel a guy's going to steal more or less, we need to show it. But I think that I don't know. I don't think I don't we, we don't need to be flashy. I think if we're just conservative and let people know it and let them make the adjustments higher or lower. I think that's the best approach. Mm hmm. Yeah. And, and that also speaks towards, you know, don't get so married to a projection. It's just a it's just a, a starting point. Yeah. You know, although it's funny, it's our job to, you know, the projection fuels the rankings often. I mean, maybe right. you start rankings first and then project accordingly, maybe do projections and then that spits out your rankings. You know, I, your process may differ. I think both have some merit to it there. Um I think that's, you know, if, if you are uh, a rank first and then project, you're more of a genius drafter, as the uh, <laughs> yeah. list would uh, have it on the spectrum. Yeah. Whereas uh, if you project first, you might be a little bit more where you, you, you're, uh, a, a, you're, you're agnostic, a lot more agnostic about it there. And you're letting, uh, trying to strip out some of your biases. By the way, you can't strip out every bias. I mean, in the, pro- yeah, because, because your inputs got to come from somewhere. You still have inputs. Uh, so even mm-hmm. then, it's there's it's not completely agnostic. It's impossibly completely agnostic. Um, it, it's you can be completely complete genius though. Yeah. So I I was curious what my numbers actually show, and I've only got six players with thirty stolen bases, hmm. um, and I've made a minor adjustment. And but I do have twenty two players with twenty five and above, and yet you're twenty five. You can easily hit thirty. I mean so. I, I may make another adjustment, another global adjustment, and, and bump and bump it up a little bit more. I've got you know several with twenty seven, which like you know a couple of those guys like Michael Harris and Corbin Carroll are just kind of who knows. Yeah, but um, I get I, I think I need to. Yeah, I've I'm, I've got similar numbers. Um, yeah. I need to make I need to make some global adjustments. Some of that has to come out in the playing time wash. Still, um, as I I keep trying to bump up some of the younger players, like. And for instance, like how many games do you project for John Birdie, for instance, there? Because yeah, he had that crazy six weeks, got hurt a little bit, and then he wasn't playing every day after that. You know, right. They did they denied us a birdie versus Thor game one time. <laughs> I was like, come on, the universe needs this. But then they just my, my, I may actually play DFS this night if if it's uh if it if it occurs. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, all right. So I, I, the answer, the answer, I know is somewhat rhetorical, but the answer is 129 games. Right now, we've got Birdie projected to be the starting second baseman for the Marlins, but that could easily change. Um, they, so I mean, do they bring in a Caesar Hernandez? I don't think so, but right. you never know. 
Um, it's, it, you know, what do they get in a Brian De La Cruz trade? You know, we, we, we don't know there. So I think Birdie will play. He, he, he's got enough spots where he'll play. But I do think he's a guy that if you draft in a mixed league, you're selectively putting him in and out of your lineup. Yeah, um, that's that's right. Uh, that that is that's definitely true. Um, sorry, I got distracted because I saw Garrett Mitchell with a very aggressive stolen base projection, <laughs> including success rate, very aggressive. Um, so I, I need to. I, I, that's a little bit. Uh, I'm a verbal note on the podcast. I'm going to adjust uh, Garrett Mitchell's projection a little bit there. He is not going to go 39 for 39 on the base pass. I can project it. I can. I predict that successfully. You don't need to be distracted to uh, to figure that out. I mean, on the Marlins a little bit. Um, yeah, I can tell folks that we don't we don't exactly have an outline we're following. I yeah. am um, I'm a Jazz Chisholm fan this year, which is sort of unlike the type of players I usually latch on to. But looking under the hood and opportunity and those sorts of things, you know, when I do start to take risks, Chisholm is going to be high on my list. Yeah. Uh, tell me why. Tell me more. Tell me why. I just, I'm, I love, I love the skills. The injury situation appeared to me more fluke than something to be concerned about. And I, you know, I mean, yeah, we're numbers guys, blah, blah, blah. I like the swag. I like the, the want to, I like that aspect of his game. And I think it plays well in Miami and maybe even better without Don Mattingly at the helm. So it's, you know, it's, it's somewhat betting on the come, but you know, there, when we talk about being conservative, you, there are times to let whatever hair you have down and take some chances. And Chisholm was, is just someone I, I think I'm going to be aggressive with Michael Harris as well. Although I'm fine. I think I'm not literally, you know, I'm not the only one. I thought I was going to be jumping him when I took him like at the two, three turn. If no. you don't take Michael Harris in the middle of the second round, you're not getting him. Yeah. I didn't have any jazz last year. Um, I wasn't Jeff hates jazz. That wasn't a new band or anything, <laughs> but uh, at the same time, eh, it's just one of those. Okay. Well, if he's going here, I'm not going to get him. I, I may change my tune a little bit there with him and O'Neill Cruz. I think there are certain players you have to kind of account for a projection, a, like, okay, he hasn't done it yet, but we think he's going to get there. Um, go where the puck is moving type of player. And Jazz Chisholm strikes me as one of those guys. I mean, he had the torn meniscus in his right knee. He missed, you know, he missed a lot of time. He had a stress fracture in his back. Um, right. And like for the longest time, he still led the Marlins in RBIs and runs at one point for like a month or two after he was hurt, uh, which was wild. But uh, it wasn't because he was so amazing so much as the Marlins were so pathetic offensively, but still. Um, yeah, he's an interesting guy, especially second base being what it is. I mean, I, I think that's one of the thing, the problems right now is, you know, you know, for me trying to figure out positions and figuring out, uh, you know, where, where I want to go on some certain players, you know, jazz Chisholm is going to be a guy that like, okay, if I don't get Albies, if I don't get Semyon, um, if I don't get, uh, who else, uh, Altuve, Altuve. Okay, yeah. If I don't get one of those big three, who am I going towards? Like Trevor story has a lot of risk. Tommy Edmond could be a, is a nice, nice uh, pivot, I guess, but it's not a guarantee either. Um, yeah. It, it, you know, there, there's a lot of like a vast, there's a big vast middle, but it's a pretty uninspiring middle. Oh yeah, for sure. And you didn't mention, um, I mean, there's, there's Andres Jimenez, I think is a, is for real. 
and he's someone I like. And for the first year in a long time, I'm actually on Glaber Torres. Why? He, he showed more opposite field willingness last year, which okay. is what you, need, what you need to do in Yankee Stadium. Now, whether okay. it was by design or happenstance, you know, who knows? But he was a guy that benefited from that happy fun ball because his, you know, with that deep left field, and, le- and he needed that little boost and was always overdrafted for a couple of years because of the residual, you know, lingering 38 homers, or whatever it was. But now he's going the other way. So if, if, if the market is kind of souring on him, now I'm kind of jumping back in. Um, there was another another couple. Yeah. The thing, so the thing with second base, you kind of alluded to it. It's it's quantity, not quality. Yep. So yep. if you want to wait, there's going to be more palatable second basemen later in a draft than there are at other positions. Right. If you know if that's if that you know, but if you know what we all want to do is is get a really good player at every position. You're going to have to jump in early and hope to get uh, you know find you know you also get your third baseman and just have things plan uh to be uh, right we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, I, everybody sees the field differently. But if you read through Twitter, once you get past the really good supply of third basemen, it does become a wasteland. Uh, maybe, yeah. If, I don't know if you're planning on getting your third baseman early tonight uh, in, in, in the Gladiator, you know, you, you know, one and done. Or if you say, you know what, if, you know, I'll just third base will be the position I push. And, yeah, I see. I got the ADP up right now yeah. for all NFBC drafts so far, and 
you know, obviously you got Ramirez, Witt, Machado, Devers, Riley, and then even Arenado. And then there's a pretty dot, dot, dot to Bregman and Henderson. Henderson, by the way, third base only this year, not shortstop eligible. Fun thing mm-hmm. to learn. Uh, you know, it's little things like that, just knowing the draft pool. And then a big drop down to Suarez, who I'd be fine with if I'm looking to just, you know, it depends on what I'm looking for at that spot. But, uh, but yeah, there, there's, then there's like, you know, Max Muncy, Cabrian Hayes, you know, there, there's some guys that are projectable, but yeah, you're right. Uh, there's, there's a lot of 150 to 300 guys, uh, uh, but not too many after 40, you know, there's that top yeah. six. And then there's like two guys in between 40 and 150. So that, that's in a very interesting, uh, little, uh, little tear teardrop there. You usually don't have the, the tiers so well-defined. Right. I, I think on Twitter, I, I posted a, a a picture of someone dangling from a cliff. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, this is this is this is a live look at someone who didn't take an early third baseman. Because yeah. that's that's it, the huge. Now, you mentioned Gunnar Henderson. I'm also on. I don't know what it is this year. Maybe it's talking to DVR, Derek Van Riper in the in the draft that we do together. And he's more of an aggressive guy on these younger players. But I'm all over uh, Gunnar Henderson again. Uh, not again, but this year um, I drafted him like in the third round of a recent. 15 team draft, which I was kind of chastised for. You could have waited. You could have waited. Um, maybe, but this is a different, it's not an NFBC league. Okay. It's a, it's a, well, it's, it's a take them. It's a take them when you need to take them when you need to take them league. And, okay. you know, half of the people may or may not subscribe to my site. So I really need to take them when I'm, earlier or I'm never going to see him because they're, right. you know, it's, it's, and I love that. I love that. And I'm not complaining. I love that challenge. Um, it's a league that our friend Perry Van Hook runs. It's that it's a league where you get to make moves on Monday and Friday for pitchers and hitters. Okay, cool. So Shohei Otani was number one. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Because that yeah. makes sense because yeah. you get, you you get his start and then you get his at bats the other time. And especially if he pitch if he's like a Sunday pitcher, yeah. that's even better. That's perfect. Yeah. And I had the number two pick and Otani. I would you know I, I have Trey Turner, which I'm not complaining about, but yeah, he would have you know, it's, to me you're drafting the pitcher wherever you rank the Otani the pitcher, and then you're getting half of his batting stats. Does that make him number one? I think you can argue that there's still players that are higher, but yeah. it's, he's definitely in the consideration. Whereas the NFBC, I don't think I think you have to rank him as the hitter, and the, I don't think you add any. I, I think like it's a tiebreaker that he can also pitch. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that because I don't think he's getting too many two start weeks, and so yeah. you're almost. You're almost always using him as a hitter. At least that's that was my experience. I had a roster. I rostered Otani last year in TGFBI. Yogurt, sorry, got to call it by its proper name. Um, <laughs> and I almost, I don't think I used him as a pitcher once. Now that might be a manager failure, um, but nonetheless, I, my, I always was on the mindset that I need him as a hitter. And I, my pitching was better than my hitting in that league. Uh, so that that also has something to do with it there too. Um, I would love to see the NFBC and every other league do this, that we should be able to use Otani as the angels use him. I mean, you should get the bet. He, he's a unicorn player. Our, our programming skills in the industry are such, you know, you can do it on, on, on a new, I mean, may, I guess maybe not daily moves, but do the Monday. You should be able to do like your league does where you get the Monday, Friday thing and you can use them either way because that's, he's really truly that valuable. If we're trying to capture how valuable he is to the angels, we should be able to do that. 
I, I think it's it's a little it's a tiny little uh, complaint I have, but I think he you know we should get the we I want the fairy tale I want it all with him. So you don't you don't think he should get hitting and pitching at the same time, but you think you should be able to oh, move. Yeah, I, I would love to be able to get okay. hitting and pitching at the same time, to be honest. I think, yes, you should, because the Angels are. Why shouldn't we? Um, not, to, not that we've had this uh, argument in the, NFL, uh, in the XFL for the past X number of years. It's It's been a huge argument there. I don't know. I think that fantasy set up a little differently. I think there are two players, and I, I don't want him to get the stats at the same time because uh, I do think that – Tennessee is set up with rosters that there is a separate hitter and there is a separate pitcher. And then it's just a matter of how you want to have the player be represented on your roster. But um, it's, it, it's, you know, it's, it's the debates, the debates not going away. Yeah. Uh, as, as long as Otani continues to perform out of this world in both spots and it, 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 the debate isn't going well, again, in the XFL we've had it for so many years, I think we probably, put it to bed at least for a little while, but it's it, you know, the longer he continues to do what he's doing. It's, it's definitely something to think about. And uh, man, he, you know, it, it is so special. It, he, yeah. it, it's just such a, special... I mean, and if he could do, it does break valuation yeah. systems for sure. Uh, but so did Tiger Woods. So did. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 You know, it, it, if he, if he's truly that special, let's make him, let's value him as, as if he's that special. That's, that's, that's my argument. Now, I, I have a lot easier time doing it in an auction where you're going to need to pay mm-hmm. commensurate in a draft. You're, you know, you're just you're locked that number one pick. You know, it's if you put it if you make it to be auction earnings, it's it's still forty five dollars regardless of what the player's doing. Or, you know, if you know what I mean, it's yeah. just, you're not paying you're not paying a premium in a draft, uh, you know, number, you know, being the number one pick. Um, whereas in an auction, you know, price it's the bidding's going to go a lot higher if, uh, if, if Otani is eligible to be, yeah, I'd love to see what it, stats. what it really lands on. Is yeah, it no, 50, 60, 70, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. We just don't know. Cause yeah. you know, literally two players taking up one roster spot at that point. Um, all right, let's see what else, uh, what, what else can we, uh, can we, where else can we swerve and we're, uh, you know, kind of riffraffing here. Um, Aaron Judge, I kind of wrote about this in uh, one of the recent Todd's takes. I forget if we, we, I did two of them on different roster moves. He's kind of fascinating, yeah. In that there's just so I mean, for such a you know for such a play, you know Aaron Judge, how can it be so fascinating? The, there's going to be gravity on his 62 homers, right? You're not projecting 62 again, right? But now we've got the whole. You know, I hate to go in this direction, but it's out there. The whole Goldilocks ball scenario. Do we buy into that? I'm sure you, I mean, you know, I mean, helping us win our football leagues. You probably checked out those articles about. With Mary I Cole's. only briefly did because, because yeah. of the reason you right. say, I mean, because I'm so busy, but um, you know, it happened during the winter meetings too. So there was 8,000 other baseball <laughs> stories at the time. I mean, the, the, yeah. the timing of that story coming out probably didn't do it. I mean, it, it probably could have gotten a little bit more traction had it been not competing with these uh, make it contracts, but uh, I, I don't put anything past MLB. So I think it's yeah. plausible that this is what really happened. Uh, you know, Dr. Wills has done great work on the ball before. So I, I'm, 
I, I am def I find it credible. Let's put it that way. Uh, whether that affects him this year, judge affects how it affects judge this year. Yeah, it's an issue. I mean, it's also first year of a massive contract. He bet on himself. He probably played through some stuff. Maybe he did certain yeah. things. You know, he did more to make sure he was on the field. Can he maintain at that level? Probably not. I, I would. I think it's more likely than not that there's some backsliding this year. Anyhow, so yeah, I'd probably put him more around like. 50 which is certainly nothing and i i think he runs less i think that's one of the concessions yeah. i would yeah. make yeah right now so all right so for those that aren't aware the, the they're calling it the goldilocks ball because what dr wills discovered was there were three different baseballs deployed by mlb mm-hmm. there was the jumpy ball uh, uh, from sort of previous batches there was the the dead end ball that we thought was what they were going to use then there was this in-between ball, which is, you know, just right, which is why they're calling it the Goldilocks ball. Mm-hmm. The porridge is just right. And it was mostly used on the certified baseballs that they were using uh, for Aaron Judge to, you know, if it, you know, it goes in the stand so the person knows they can sell it, et cetera. They were stamping all of his balls. But they all happened to be this middle, middle baseball. So it right. wasn't the jumpy one. It wasn't the 2019 rabbit ball. But it was, it was, you know, it flew further than the baseball that most everybody else was using. So um, you're, I, you know, you said credible. I think you know, plausible is another word. I think it's plausible that MLB could do this. I don't. I don't they know. vehemently denied it, by the way. Um, <laughs> and and they also chastised, or even more than chastised, players that were trying to help out Doctor Wills. That's right. Threatened to find yeah. yeah Austin Slater by by supplying some ball you know she she you know put out a cattle call or uh, you know Jason Collette I apparently sent her a couple of baseballs you know if you catch one in the stands um, you know to to, to to help her out so um, that t- that tells me you know it tells me a little something in that why would baseball be so adamant about you know why if they if they had nothing to hide why didn't baseball give her baseballs. You know, I think, yeah, yeah. Um, except you can't, you know, from a legalistic perspective, you know, you're not, it's, it's not guilty till proven innocent. And you don't, you know, the, the, you know, yeah. you have the right not to testify, basically, you know what I'm saying? And you have the right not to be tested. But then again, I mean, it, it's, that's, this isn't a court of law either. Though. Right. So, right there you right, go. Right. Well, no, um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not, I didn't make any adjustments other than, pulling back a little bit on, on judges. Uh, the th- this is what, this is why three year averages, which you mentioned, they're not lazy. They're elegant. And that yes. does, that does it for you. Correct. You know, it, it does, it does it for you. So I, it, it kind of works out. Now, the other aspect is playing time. You, you talked about betting on himself to me. He didn't bet on his skills to me, he bet on his playing time. And he, you know, he, he won that bet. What? 350 million times over, whatever the, whatever the number was. I, uh, at this 360, whatever the number is, he won that bet big time. But where 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 does he get projected? Because if you give him the same number of plate appearances as last season and pull his stolen bases down to nine or ten, he's still the number one player in fantasy, at least on paper. Yep. I think I have him exactly at 10. I have 48 homers and 10 stolen bases right now. Yeah. I might. I might downgrade the stolen bases a couple 
because I think that's the one thing I think that falls back. I think there'll be some preservation. I think that wasn't necessarily here last year. Where, where is, what do you have in plate appearances? Uh, I've got them at 514 at bats. I don't know about, I don't have plate appearances uh, displayed right now on this page. Well, but, you know, 100 walks brings him to 614. So you're, yeah. it, it sounds like you're even lower than he was the previous year when he had like 600. 140 games. So yeah. Right. So the previous season, he had around 630 or 640 plate appearances. Mm-hmm. If, if he repeats that, again, on paper, everybody's system is different, but he comes down to the third, fourth, or fifth highest ranked player, again, on paper. Right. Uh, or on monitor, on you know, on screen, if you will. So the difference between you know, someone's going to say, ah, first, third, fifth, you know, it's if you want them, take them. The difference in the first round, you know, it, it, we're talking places. It's it's around five or six dollars of earnings later in the draft. That's that's rounds. That's not places. Right. So I mean, three places in the first round is three rounds later in the draft. So. It it you know to me it it, it does matter where you the, the playing time uh, for sure is for sure you're ranking I he's not number one to me it's one of those things where you know again kind of throwing projections aside it's I don't it's more of a feel thing it's more of in a draft it's kind of like when it, when you're on the clock whether it be three four five six it's not going to be he's a number he's my number one player it's going to be you know what this is the time right you know what I mean it's it's I don't I'm not it's it's like all right, based upon who's still on the board, who's been taken, what I can get, now is the time to take I don't it's not number three with me, I don't think. But right. I have to start thinking about it at five. Yeah. By the way, friend of the friend of the podcast, Paul Spore just jumped into the gladiator draft that I'm doing tonight. So just got even more loaded. Uh people that aren't, you know, are aren't doing football also. So I, <laughs> I'm so dead money here. Uh, well, I told people I'm selling it as a 14 team league right now. Right. <laughs> Not just because we're on deadline for the next set of outlooks. Uh, you know, you don't have to worry about me jumping in tonight. All right. Uh, good. But, uh, you know, we, you know, when we talk about draft champions later and cut lines, that's a different story. But um, even if I didn't have to do, uh, you know, the, my wrap up, my last, you know, the next set of outlooks is going to be on the, on the site and, you know, gratuitous plug in the next couple of days, uh, which I've got my next set we're going through right now um so all right so you know we kind of we got we, we got we got aaron judge covered what what were some of the interesting pitchers and what can we what can we go over there as far as uh burns is still going to be number one cole is probably still yeah. burns still... is the only pitcher by the way that's been drafted first overall uh, right. so far in the nfbc now there right. are seven players judge ramirez acuna julio uh trey turner obviously shohei i guess you could say as a pitcher that's been drafted first overall but i mean it's purely as a pitcher and then burns uh which but burns is on average going 16th so there's a bigger you know he, he's the outlier there if you will cole hasn't gone first overall this year yet and i thought you know to me cole is still the safest pitcher out there you know just the innings i know every year i mean he had a decline in performance last year but i feel like you know you're getting your k's He's still super safe as a pitcher for me. And tying it back into the whole, it's not so much a rule as it is an admin thing, the balanced schedule. Yeah. Uh, he he has to be helped by that. Now, I'm going to probably put it up over the weekend. I kind of mentioned earlier that I'm not making 
sort of groundswell changes. I did a little work on balance schedule and what what the opponent woba would be, what the opponent opponent strikeout would be, had last year's schedule been the same, you know, the balanced. Yes, there's a difference, but a lot of it comes out in round off. And what I mean by that is, uh, sure, the, the the pitcher would give up fewer runs or fewer homers, but if it would be like, uh, you know, sixteen point two and sixteen point nine, where one sixteen, the other seventeen, but depending upon where that round off is, it, you know, it may not even show in our projections. So, so let me ask you this about the balanced okay. schedule. Yeah. Um, if we're doing away with a weighted divisional schedule, shouldn't we just do away with divisions entirely? There is, you still play more within your division. Yeah, more, but not like, yeah, you know, not, not right. disparate. I, and I've always argued, I prefer to have a, a division free setup, just two leagues, and then take the best six teams. Cause I still think there is like, it's just grouping. Really, I mean, you can yeah. you can play teams more often than geographically, but I, I think it's uh, I think there there's still like, like the Cardinals have a huge advantage by being in the NL Central, for instance, mm-hmm. right. playing three teams that don't care, and then the Brewers who are trying to figure out if they care. Um, I, Cubs kind of sort of care, but they don't really. Um, you know, the, the thing is, it's a huge huge advantage, not only just in getting to play these teams more often, but then being compared to them and you know having a seed. And winning a division now granted he's still lost in the first round of the playoffs to the phillies but they got there they got you know they got home games i mean in some years that's that's pretty big same thing with cleveland actually in the al central uh this you know if you're the you know the the biggest fish in a small lake why should you get have to why why do you get the added advantages that these these bigger lake teams don't get right now it, it may be it may have been narrative at the time and it may be a little younger and, and kind of forgetting, but th- what they sold us on originally with the wild cards was we're going to expand in a couple of years to 32 teams. And we're going to go with eight right. divisions of four and it's just going to be the winners anyway. This is just sort of a tra- you know, a, uh, you know, a bridge to a bridge to that. That's even dumber by the way, but yeah, go ahead. Well, maybe, well, to me, I, I, I either want the way you're suggesting where everybody's lumped in together or I want no wild cards whether it be four times eight or eight times four um, adding the two teams at this point doesn't seem to be on the table or maybe it is, I don't know, but two teams in each division. Is that what it would be? Then It would be, well, I get, I get, well, I guess at this point. Yeah. Right. I mean, at the time there were fewer playoff teams. So the argument was just going to be, if we have eight divisions with four each, there's eight playoff teams. Yeah. Uh, See, I think, yeah, I mean, they're never going to go to just eight playoff teams total. They're going to right. Go. No, so at this point, it's changed. Where, yeah, you might as well lump them in. Now, you want does that bring up too much travel for some teams now? Because you know Seattle doesn't get to spend as much time on some of the closer teams on the coast. Mm-hmm. I guess, I guess, but is that is I don't know with with all the money is that, is that really an issue? I don't it's know. just it is time toll on your body sort of. Oh, thing. there is that. Yeah. yeah okay. So yeah. it's it's not the financial. We can hand wave. You know, we we can ask we can ask Joe Sheen to write a newsletter to to poo poo the the financial part of it. But you're right. There is the 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 traveling does take a toll on your body. All the different hotels, et cetera. Well, et cetera, especially because there's no franchise that's close to Seattle. Right. Right. 
You, I mean, it by definition, they have, you know, they're, they're, they're traveling a lot more. I mean, you know, Oakland is the closest team in their, like th- that they regularly play. And that is, that's a long drive to go right. from Oakland yeah. to Seattle in a day. It's not, not an easy trip. Um, you know, that's, that's the closest that they have. Um, so they're by definition, I feel like that, you know, they're already dealing with that a little bit more. No, they for sure. Unless, unless one of the new teams happens to be Portland, which I suppose is on the clock, but that's just, you know, there's just one neighbor. Right. There's still, there's still, and who's to say, they, who's, you know, who's to say Portland doesn't go to the, the national league. Right. And, and uh, <laughs> but, the, but as far as what we're dealing with this year, I did make some adjustments with the schedule, but mm-hmm. it, if if a, if you projected Shane Bieber for three point three and now he's at three point four, does that really change? You know, again, this goes back to don't draft a you're not drafting a a, a raw ranking. Yeah, that's probably going to go up or down a couple of spots. Sure, in raw rankings, but does does that necessarily change how you want to approach Bieber or some of these other pitchers? Uh, in you know, if you happen if you. If you like Shane, if there's some upside in Shane Bieber, you're going to draft him anyway. But yeah. on, you know, on paper, the you mentioned the AL Central, it's going to make a difference. Yeah, for sure. It, it absolutely will. It's it's because it's especially because it's one or two fewer starts against Kansas City, one or two or fewer right. starts against uh, the Detroit. You know, maybe the you know the White Sox who did nothing to improve this so far this offseason, and it's one or two starts against them. Who knows? I mean, if, if if Luis Robert gets hurt again, I mean, this look at that lineup. You know, Abreu's gone. Uh, it may not be that scary. Right, right. Uh, I was, I was, I was writing about Wilson Contreras yesterday, and he stays in the same division, but he doesn't get to face the Cardinals anymore. He gets to face the Cubs staff. So you know, on an individual mm-hmm. basis, you know. So I don't know that we're going to get that granular. But these, these, you know, they do matter, and they will take some time to flesh out. And hopefully, at this point, I just hope Emily does just continues to do the same thing. Now, we don't know. We, we can make adjustments based on last year, you know, neutralize numbers, what it would have been. But we still don't know the setup. There's still some players yet to be signed, right? if you will. So we're not 100% sure. Um, the thing, the, the rule that we haven't kind of mentioned yet was the whole is shifting, Right is yeah. the uh, is the idea with shifting, and talked a little bit about it on the radio with Glenn and Rick Colton the Wolfman a couple nights ago, and the the problem I see with with the shifting is you can't just go to Statcast or whatever your source is and look up numbers with and without the shift because you know if players weren't shifted, oh I, I can compare with and without the shift and figure out what he's going to do without the shift the whole time. Because some of the defenses without the shift, maybe you're just better defenses and they don't, they didn't need to shift or they may have actually, they may have moved their players, but not enough for it to be registered as a shift. You can still move your players within, you know, so it's, it's, it's tough to just numerically make adjustments based upon what's happened in the past. Right. Of course. You know, but but that's what some are doing. I mean, I promise you, we're both going to see articles all all winter long about these ten players are going to improve the most because of what they did, you know, based upon their numbers. And we just we don't know. We don't know what the defense would have been. We don't know the pitcher's approach, and we don't know the batter's approach. 
all these things are true. Oh, it's it's it, it, not to mention. Here we go. Even if there's just so much variance when a round ball hits a round bat. Yep. So, yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, I'm gonna make what I've decided to do with the shifting. I haven't done this yet with my own with my numbers. I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna look at the outliers. I mean, there have to be some players, Anthony Rizzo, Joey Gallo, that are gonna be positively influenced. And yeah. I think that their numbers need to be adjusted. Left-handed pull hitters, basically. Yeah, I think that, that's yeah. a. And yeah. I think that's basically your uh, your starting point there. You can, I mean, one thing you can do is you can look at like you can find pull percentages. You can look at spray charts, things like that. Uh, that that will help. That'll get you part of the way there. Right, and I think it, then it's still it's still more of a subjective than objective adjustment. Mm-hmm. And just like the other ones, you know, I'm I'm gonna let people know. This is what I did. This is who I did it too. If you're of the mind where this particular player is going to be helped more than I'm giving him the help, it's your team, your call. Draft them yep. earlier. You know, pay another pay another buck or two or three. Um, you know, this is what I did. Your team, your call. But uh, you know, in, in the thing, we're not going to know for several. years. It's not okay. This time next year, we're going to be talking <laughs> about this set of players was 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 helped. We're not going to know for a few, just like park factors take time to flesh out. We're not going to know. Yeah. There are, there are too many variables, you know, as, as a, I don't know, I, I say former scientist, I think I'm still a scientist. And at, at yeah, of course you want to, when you do an experiment, you keep all these things constant and you change one thing. Mm-hmm. That's not what happened. You we can't isolate talked, like that yeah, in baseball. Yeah. Nope. It's, we, we've talked about a million things that are going on already. A million that we don't know about that haven't, that we don't know about yet. So, um, all this it's a complex system, as Liz likes to say. Yes, there we go. All this to me points again. I, you know, I've said it four times. It's against my brand, but it's points towards drafting is more than ranking and taking one off the top, and that's something I need to get better at. Um, I know it's a deficiency in my game. It's tough that I spend all this time with the numbers, dreaming Excel, and then doing what Excel doesn't tell me to do during a draft. I have to get better taking my own advice indeed it's just uh, uh but um the uh the other thing about the shift is i think it's again take some time but kind of folding in everything else we've talked about i think we could go back to having more athletic players up the middle mm-hmm. which could feed more into the stolen base uh th- that whole that whole uh you know, again, it's not going to happen overnight, but um, I think that we can. Uh, I think we're eventually going to see some of that. A guy like a guy like Brandon Lyle, who is a good defender when he's put in the right spots, but maybe isn't athletic enough to to play as well as he does now. I think players like that may be replaced by the more athletic, like 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 the olden days, the you know the athletic second baseman. Yeah, that's one thing about the, all these changes. MLB's uh, goal isn't to increase offense necessarily. It's to have more motion in the game, have more action. Now, the problem is they, they've done nothing about the strike zone, and that's the biggest that's the biggest inhibitor of action. The battle for the strike zone, how that strikeouts way up, walks up, all that. Yeah. Um, that part hasn't been addressed yet, and until it does, we're still going to have th- these issues here, the lack of balls in play, the lack of, you know, Lack of singles and doubles and triples. I mean, people. I think that's what MLB wants, and, and more stolen bases, and more, 
you know, th- that's why they banned the shift. That's all, you know, all that, but the pitchers are different now than they were, you know, you, in, you know, you play Cardinals style baseball. It's, you know, you're just going to get a lot of outs because you can't make as much contact as you used to. Right. And the one we haven't talked about yet is the pitch clock. There is a chance that the pitch clock feeds into the, yeah. Uh, you know, the pitchers, maybe they don't get the, the same rest between pitches can't throw with the same force. So it, that might be part of it other than speeding up the game. Might also it, lead to more injuries too. It so. may, yeah. And it's going to lead to, I don't want to use shenanigans may not be the right word, but you're, you're right now you're seeing some catchers uh, kind of uh, not in the minor leagues, you know, kind of doodle with the ball, kind of lob it back really slow. Mm-hmm. We saw it in the Arizona fall league. Yeah. Were you at the game where the double, the, 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 the delayed steal uh, extravaganza, the, the pitcher would, you know, because it doesn't start until the pitcher receives the ball. So if the if the catcher loops the ball back to the pitcher, it adds a little bit more rest time. But there were a couple of uh, there was a team that was taking advantage of that and doing delayed steals <laughs> on those funny. on those. I did not see that. That's oh, yeah. pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it also might lead to some latent Mackie Sasserism too. There, uh, yeah, where yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. all of a sudden you can't throw it. You can't throw a normal throw because you've been looping it so much. I don't know. It's kind of funny. Yeah, major league. You have to start reading the you know lingerie yeah. magazine to yourself to to get the throwback. But yeah, so th- th- there may be that. And you know whether we have the robo umps coming in uh, remains to be seen too. But you're right. There's still there. It's not illegal to throw 99 miles an hour. It's not illegal to snap off these sliders that just move more than the width of the plate. Yep. Uh, so until the, until that's the case, uh, these other things, and you know, the whole argument about um, it's going back to the way the game should be played. That irritates me because the game should be played to score the most runs and the way these band boxes are being built. It's to hit the ball high and far. Yeah. You know, so the way the game should be played is how to score the most runs. And that's, and that is the launch angle thing. Yeah. But, uh, so it's the way it's being back to the way they want want the game to be played, and I think adding the extra action, adding the extra uh, fan interest, is is right from a fan's point of view. I agree with it from a scientist's point of view. If you do the research and you know a guy's going to hit the ball here, then put your players here. Yeah, you know. I agree. So, anyway, I know you're uh, you're running up against your uh, prep time for the Gladiator tonight. <laughs> any any things that uh any any you know you haven't had a whole lot of time to talk baseball anything on your mind that you want to talk you know let the fans just know? talking about this makes me realize this, <laughs> this last hour has made me realize how much more I still have to do but that's always true in baseball so oh I don't know I'm just excited uh and I'm excited you know I love football I love fantasy football I don't love the work of fantasy football sometimes uh especially towards the end of the season like okay let's move on to baseball but yeah, so it just this has whetted my appetite. Just talking about this has been good. It's, it's helped me start the, the, to get my focus on the thoughts there, on my thoughts there, and what I want to do tonight. So we'll see. Should be a lot of fun. I can't wait. We're up to thirteen out of fifteen now. So a couple of spots go. open left, but it's gonna it's definitely gonna fill like they all have. Oh, for sure. Um, I think we can because we've got the uh, the contracts in the works. I think we can end by letting our our folks know we'll be back la- driving drafting live for Tout Wars in New York this year, which I am very excited about. If you yeah. can tell by my, by some, my, some of our Twitter posts, et cetera. So we're uh, folks to keep an eye out. We're going to be in New York city 
Uh, we're, we're starting to pull all that together now. We're going to have some, uh, some information out soon as far as all that goes, but excited uh, predating that we'll be live knock on wood in Florida for the labor labor scenarios. But man, I am psyched to get back as much as kind of a, introvert i am in public you know this is my this is my happy place exactly is exactly. a draft table is is talking to 10 10 or 12 people at a time not not you know not that i'm out i can do a group i can lead a seminar but just put me in a party scenario when i'm a creepy guy in the corner i'm so looking forward to the uh to the tout wars being live again in new york city me too can't wait and i can't you know it's not and only a little bit of that is i don't have to set up six drafts on fan tracks either so yeah there's that too just a little just a little bit of that don't have Uh, to monitor a draft from uh (laughs) at six in the morning uh out there i'm looking forward to that as well so absolutely so we'll keep in keep that uh keep your eyes open for that folks uh it'll be at a place where you can come and visit if you want um and everybody in tout wars you'll know soon enough what we're talking about all right, friends. Um, like to thank you, Jeff, for, for coming out of the cave for an hour. Yeah. Um, now I've completed the gambit of the Tout Wars forum on guesting. I had Brian and Peter and Ron on over the summer. So now you, you complete it. So now, next time I'm going to have to actually find someone else. Yeah. And I think I think next time is going to be January when I'm filling in for uh, for James. But we'll do it. So uh, appreciate it. I, I know you do have some football sweats. So good luck in that uh, in that All area. Right. Thank you, sir. Um, and um, I don't have any sweats. I, I'll, I'll end on a bad beat, which uh, the Sirius XM Dynasty League. So I was forced to play Baker Mayfield. I didn't have anybody else. Oh, boy. So I didn't know at the time he was starting. I just – he's the only one that has a chance to play. No, that's not true. Mitchell Trubisky. And I'm glad I chose Mayfield. Yeah. All right. I ended up losing by four points. And this is a win I'm in the playoffs. And I've got Tyree Kill on my team. But they don't score the 57-yard fumble recovery in the in the point in the system. I didn't get credit for that. You didn't get the touchdown, or you didn't get the yards. Or I didn't get the touchdown, oh. and they lost by four points. That's I'd be like howling at the moon for that. But yeah, um, I I that's what yeah, that's what that's what Rick and Glenn said that, that he said Glenn would have been on the phone the entire next day. Cancel my appointments. I've got to get this Tyree Kill touchdown. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but exactly. I maybe in a different time, different place, I would have uh, questioned it. But if it's in the rules, you can't go back and change the rules. I didn't. I didn't want to. You know, if, if I'm in, that means someone else is out. Yep. Um. So I just it's something to me to bring in the off season. But uh, yeah, that was my uh, that was my bad beat, and uh, that uh, I can't brag about winning because I played Baker Mayfield. Yeah. True. True that. <laughs> Which I'm not so sure that's something to brag about. No. <laughs> but anyway. All right, Jeff. Thanks. Uh, All right. Thanks. Uh, thanks, everybody. James will be back next week uh, for the, the regular in, in, uh, for the regular Thursday podcast. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.